Welcome to the Design Talk podcast. I'm Alan Higgins. In this episode, Rujita Kulkani and I talk with Kieran Trainer, CTO at Sona Lake, and Cormaco Folu, VP Operations. Sona Lake is an enterprise software service firm that helps clients innovate using software. Could I ask you both to tell us a little bit about yourselves before we talk about Sonali? Yeah, I'm Kieran. I'm CTO at Sonali. I studied as an electronic engineer and uh, today I'm responsible for our engineering organization technology strategy and building up our capabilities across the company. I'm Cormac. My role in Sonali is VP operations. So that means kind of looking at uh, what we do and how we do it and, and seeing what we can improve on. Thanks. Could you just brief us a little more about Sonali? We're a software partnering company, and uh, what we do is we help other software companies and other technology companies build their software systems. Approximately 65% of our clients are software companies, and the other are large enterprises. Um, we have engineering operations in Poland, Poznan, Bratislava, and Dublin. We focus really on delivering technology expertise to our clients, complementing their expertise, uh, adding bandwidth to their organizations and uh, really working hard to figure out how our engineering teams can complement their engineering teams. So we have clients across media, telecoms, travel, fintech, life sciences. <laughs> One of our larger clients at the moment is NBI and we are their software technology partners. So at our heart, we're, we're a software technology company, but we're not pinned to a single uh, technology domain. And the other thing is there's a there's a bit of a geographical spread as well uh, with our customers. So we have a lot of them that are based out of Ireland. We wanted to talk a little bit about some of the challenges of, of running distributed teams. But, you know, running distributed teams is at its heart as running teams. And uh, the fact that they're distributed just poses a few more challenges. You know, I suppose a lot of the world has been introduced to some of these challenges in the last 12 months because they've been forced into working in distributed mode. We, we've, we've been doing a lot of onboarding. We've been bringing people into our organization uh, a lot. Now, that's obviously um, a challenging thing to do when we don't get to necessarily meet them face to face and so on. So we've had to adjust our processes to uh, ensure that we start to build a proper rapport with uh, our new hires and our new hires uh, start to build a proper rapport with their teams and so on, uh, and also colleagues across the business. So we've done a few things to particularly make sure that we we do that better than we uh, maybe were doing before. So we've got a kind of a buddy system in place for anybody who's coming in so that they don't have to go and ask a manager about silly stuff. They can talk to somebody uh, who works on the same stuff that they do. And, you know, there's a, we put in a lot of effort into trying to build areas where people can go and talk. And that kind of flows on to the next thing around relationships and culture, because, you know, we've, with most organizations, we're, we're very much missing the, the coffee time and all of that stuff. So what we've done around, so there's a, a little tool in Slack called uh, Donut that we've added on that sets up random conversations uh, with three of us at a time. But we're having to, you know, make sure that we um, spend effort uh, tapping into what's going on and to make sure that we're, you know, we're just keeping on top of things and understanding. Now, we've always had a, a set of locations that we're working from. There, there are cultural differences between uh, our Bratislava office, our Poznan office, 
but also we have, uh, I think at last count, 17 different nationalities in our organizations. Uh, the cultural differences, they tend to be relatively short-lived uh, because we can expose everybody to the Summer Lake culture. Now, time zones can be a little bit of an issue for us. Uh, Poznan, if you, if you don't know, is, is, is only an hour different uh, from a time zone perspective. But the culture there is that they tend to get up earlier and start work earlier and so end a little bit earlier. So generally, they, they have a, about two hours difference to the, maybe the standard Irish time. But then we've also got our customers and so on that we're working with in the States or in other areas of the world where there is a much larger uh, time zone differences. But we uh, we make people very aware of that sort of thing and build that into how we work. So we, you know, we ask people to set up their out of hours things in uh, the Google calendar that we use so that we know when they're unavailable. So we're we're dealing with those things relatively well. Is it difficult to bring contractors into the fold? Now, these wouldn't be employees, but people you've got on short-term or, or long-term contracts. It's it's actually quite a rarity that we would, it's only very special cases that we would we would need to do that, Alan. Um, for the most part, we're, we're, we're building out our permanent Sauna Lake teams across those, uh, across those regions. Um, but the the I think in the case where we would need to take on a, a, a contractor, I think what's incredibly important is being prepared in terms of having a back a mission for that person, a, a backlog, uh, so that it's a well defined backlog, so they're clear what it is that you're asking them to do and can hit the ground running from day one. So what is the level of involvement you expect the client to have over the lifetime of the project? Well, clients are critical to a successful project, um, uh, and uh, that, that's not a, a glib throwaway statement, uh, because you know we're we're helping our our clients um, realize their vision, and we're just the people that can turn that into software or turn parts of that into software. Um, our clients are, uh, in many cases, the product owner, um, and so they they know what they're trying to achieve they understand their customers to uh, to enable us to realize their vision that we need to work really closely with them to truly understand what that is uh, and that's more than a requirement specification it's more than signing off on ux designs it's about staying uh, and i think we might touch on this later staying in regular contact with the clients during courses during the course of a project and that's a there's there's a good cadence of communication and um that's part of agile and depending on what flavor of agile you do you'll have a variety of ceremonies and uh, uh you know sprint demos is one example so you're, yeah. you're demonstrating progress getting feedback reprioritizing based on that feedback adjusting course i think there's a natural tendency for for people to worry if if they don't get uh, feedback or if they don't hear anything for a while. So we, we like having uh, as much communication uh, as is reasonable with, with clients during the course of the project. We wanted to actually talk about a little bit of the, the key behaviours that we might have in in these distributed teams, right? And within, within the teams that we have, um, we definitely want to make sure that people don't come in with a lot of preconceptions about how things should be done 
and what way to approach a problem. We want them to to be very open to the rest of the team in terms of building a consensus in the team on how to approach things properly. Particularly in distributed teams where you can't read necessarily the body language and so on that you have uh, in front of you in a in a meeting room or or uh, in your pod when you're working together in the office, yeah. right? Uh, then the next next thing we were going to mention was just around um, being present, a presence when you're engaging with your team members, uh, because we're all doing it like this. We're all doing it over a screen at the moment. So we we encourage people to be very focused on the communications that they're they're doing through the medium that they're using. Okay. So uh, the other thing is you have to know that everybody in your team is also devoting that time and you want to make sure that you appreciate that their attention is, is basically a finite resource. You're, you don't want to draw down on that too much, right? So when you're there, make the most of it, right? And so you should be prepared before you come in in terms of what you're trying to get across and what you're trying to, to discover. And sometimes you need to rehearse what you're going to say so that you make sure that you get it across in the time that you have available. We're also looking for people to be uh, good on the collaboration side. They don't want to, we don't want to have to uh, wait for some superior to call a meeting on something if there's a problem in the team. We want the team to be self-organizing and make sure that they pull themselves together if they need to. And also to give quick and succinct and fair feedback to the other members of the team, but also to accept it from from their 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 other team members so these are these are all key sort of behaviors that we like to see in our team members uh, particularly in the in the remote world that we're in at the moment yeah just if i can add it to that you know long gone are the days where you had a single hero uh software engineer that built a product top to bottom um to to abuse a cliche it's definitely a team sport and uh, it's it's not sufficient to be uh, to be really uh, like to be an incredibly strong designer or an incredibly strong developer. You also need to have these other types of behaviors around communication, collaboration. Uh, so initial start versus now in the context of trust, how has Sonalik and the business development approach changed now? I suppose the first thing is we have quite a large customer base. Um, we have a we have a lot of active projects right now with a with a, a bunch of clients, and we have a bunch of clients. Like oftentimes, we there will be gaps where we complete a project for a client. They have more plans. Uh, we for for future work. They know they need to do it. They just haven't figured it all out yet and, and scheduled it in. Um, so a lot of our business is repeat business. And then in terms of, you know, business development, obviously that's more difficult now. Uh, uh, but we do have uh, we do have business uh, development activities ongoing uh, in, in Ireland and in, in uh, a bunch of other regions as well in the US, uh, in South Africa, um, to name a few. And, um, you know, largely... Largely, um, part part of that is through through our network, through our existing customer base, through referenceability, um, and um, you know it's it's definitely changed somewhat. You can't do the face to face time, the real world face to face time, or in particular, one big miss uh, is conferences. So 
Um, there would be uh, in industry conferences where we'd often present at and, you know, we could network at. And, and they're not there right now. And when they're online, it's like a lot of the conversations you have are in the corridors at conferences. Uh, that, that just doesn't really work as well in the online world. So the, the other side of what we want to talk about was, was the keeping clients happy bit, right? So the, the main way we keep them happy is by being knowledgeable about what we do and delivering uh, what the clients need. Okay. So that means from our perspective that we need to keep up to speed with uh, the latest trends and technology and best practices. But there are other things in terms of, you know, making ourselves, you know, easy to work with as an organization. We practice agile uh, methodology for our deliveries. Um, and that really means from, from our perspective, bringing in the client uh, into those discussions. I think there was a question about that in, into our sprint planning, into our backlog grooming, into our retrospectives um, and have them involved at all stages. The other thing, we're, you know, we try to be very open uh, with the customers. So part of, part of that is sharing our Git uh, repositories. It's sharing our Jira projects. We do a lot of our UI stuff through, say, Figma or Miro boards or things like that. And we share those with the clients. And that, that's our working tool for, for developing those things. And we share, you know, all the documentation and so on that we keep in, 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 in shared repositories so that people can comment on them. And they can see the comments and they can see the questions and they can uh, be proactive in terms of linking in with us. This direct communication stuff is very important because what we need is everybody in the organization to be able to communicate successfully with clients, right? And not be uh, intimidated or uh, worried about it. So th having that direct link in, in a Slack channel or maybe setting up a meeting is, is very important to us because it, it builds a level of trust on the customer side. I think that was one of the things mentioned as well. Now, on, honesty and, and visibility are, are, are two other key key things for us right so if if we if we're trying to claim for example that we know everything we'd be fooling ourselves first and then trying to fool the customers we don't know everything right it's okay not to have all the answers as an individual but as a team we try and to be covering all the bases so we we like to say we're more of a, a full stack company not a company of full stack individuals right so we have experts in each of the areas and they know a lot about all, a lot of things, but no one individual is going to be able to cover everything. So we have to be honest about what we can manage and what we can't manage. And sometimes we would say to our clients, you know what, this isn't for us because we don't, we're not really experts in that area of technology, for example. Uh, but the visibility thing is around, uh, again, it's being in, in our projects, in our uh, Jira boards, but, you know, classic uh, agile ceremonies like sprint demos and showing just showing where we are that that really builds trust and confidence in in how we're getting on and you know it's it's about partnering with a customer rather than being a step away and and sort of delivering something over the wall at some point i think the uh there's there's a 
So that's all there. That's all things that they're, they're skills that you, you, you can develop in terms of your knowledge or technical knowledge. And uh, as Cormac said, you know, we don't claim to know everything. And, uh, um, but we are, but in order to remain relevant to our customers, we need to evolve. We need to be constantly evolving. Um, so we need to try and identify, um, um, tech, we need to try and hop on technical trends um, and research them, um, decide which tech we're going to take a bet on and invest in. Hey, we should learn this this new front end tech uh, um, because we believe it will be a success, or, or or it's looking like it will be a success, and therefore clients will potentially it will be in demand from clients in the future. Um, but uh, if you know anything about front end tech, there's a new framework every couple of weeks, so uh, you can't back them all. Um, so, so there's that type of stuff, um, and that's that. That's one way of uh, keeping clients happy. But on the other side as well, uh, there's a lovely quote from Paul O'Connell, uh, Irish Irish uh, uh, ex Irish international rugby player, and he was being interviewed by with by Warren Gatland, uh, the the Lions coach, and O'Connell um, said. Look, the job is to be the best at everything that requires no talent. Um, it's, it's the basic stuff, turning up on time, being organized, being prepared, keeping your promises and being positive because sometimes projects aren't always easy. <laughs> In fact, they rarely are. Um, but uh, and it's very easy to it's very easy to look at the negatives, but the negatives aren't going to get you out of the hole. So got to focus on the positives and try and identify how, 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 how you can turn a situation around. Can I ask a sort of general roundabout question about um, you have multiple clients, partners, uh, it's, a, it's a complicated ecosystem and it's, it's great, it's a growing ecosystem. You have multi-teams, you have multi-projects. There's a kind of porosity that's present now in this working from home environment. The organizations are quite porous. You want that porosity for information sharing, I presume. Does that create a risk for clients and confidentiality? Is that a subtle thing or is it a very uh, deliberate um, care that you, you adopt? Well, the, the confidentiality is um, very serious. Uh, it's a very serious topic. Uh, um, so the, the porosity that you speak to, Alan, for, for us, um, it's about, you know, it's very easy for projects to become information silos. That's not productive. Um, so there, there is a distinction between technology and process about how we go about building software for our clients. And then there's obviously data or um, commercially sensitive knowledge that would be within a team. Um, and yes, that, that's not information that we share widely around, around, the, around the company. Yeah. And do you think remote working is the future, especially with Ireland looking to make, a, make work from home a permanent option legally? Absolutely. It's, it's part of the, the plan for Sunlake as an organization to adopt this more fully. Kieran was mentioning that we already had in, in Poznan. Dublin was a little bit maybe behind the curve in that and so we are we are adopting some work from home policies across the board now we still want to have the opportunity to get people together uh, because we feel that that's important but definitely i think the world has has a recognized that it's completely feasible 
to work like this, but also that it, it suits a, a large number of our workforce um, and they would be actually a bit happier to, to work that way. Actually, prior, prior to COVID, uh, like I think maybe it might have been 2019 or maybe even 2018, um, I was at an event um, talking about uh, remote working. And uh, one of the speakers mentioned that um, there was a, a, a large increase in investment in shared workspaces uh, on the commuter belt around Dublin, where companies were, um, you know, encouraging staff to, to work remotely or actually le- less encouraging, more adopting or work remote, or just accepting that remote work is a thing. Uh, and uh, but they also they didn't want to lose the the, the connection uh, uh, to lose a space for people to get together periodically. So maybe there's of their staff where they can get together and work from there for the day. The other thing uh, that we we uh, we didn't mention is that uh, we're ISO twenty seven thousand and one um, certified for security. Everybody that Cormac and me included. Um, get regular security training and tests, uh, like small little tests to to, uh, to just keep security concerns foremost in our mind. And uh, it's just a way of systemizing it in the company so it just becomes the norm to, to have a level of consciousness of this stuff. Because you're, you're, you're right, of course. Um, you know, we, we, we do move people between teams it's uh, obviously in, in, in consultation with our clients, but it's important for our team members to get exposure to different types of projects and so their careers can develop. Uh, but, you know, they, there also needs to, needs to be a bit of a, 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 a I guess, a, a buffer around the information that they carry from one project to another. On that note, I'd, I'd like to thank uh, Kieran and Cormac for their time today from your busy schedules and giving us insights on all the software processes and your insights on uh, distributed teams and making the clients happy. We really appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Follow Design Talk and discover more content like this. The music used was performed and recorded by Ivan Sipek and used with his permission. Mm -hmm.